a.m. So, Albion. Yep. The goat man looks to you and uh, sort of moves his clothing, like whatever clothing he's wearing to even partially obscure the fact that he is a literal satyr. Um, and uh, he just sort of like shows his hips and he basically indicating that he's not packing any sort of heat on him there. Like he might have some bags like, you know, pouches or something uh, that you would expect from somebody dressed kind of like they're going to a Ren fair. Uh, but you don't see a sword. And um, he just looks at you and goes, why do you ask? Eh, just, you know, since you're a squire and all that, I figured you might carry a sword around. Listen, I have something else I wanted to bring up to you. So you know how you're here? Squires aren't the ones that get the swords. That's knights in your own history. Even I know that. Don't interrupt me. So as I was saying, <laughs> I, I've just mentioned that you are, you know, you're here representing someone. You know, the Winter Court and whatnot. Uh, I'm also here as a representative of someone. And, uh, I don't know if you noticed just how much of your power you had to leave at the door to walk in here. But that was because of me. The fact that I'm here means this place is under protection. So, I suggest you keep that in mind. Because I know you can tell who I work for. And who I represent. Oh, shit. And I suggest you keep that in mind before you run your mouth or try starting a fight that you can't finish. Oh, you have the marked by power. Uh, you have that stunt, don't you? Yes, I do. I imagine he just has not paid close enough attention to notice. Yeah, because, oh, right. Yeah, if he's if he's any kind of emissary of power or yeah, he would he would see the way in which you're marked. I think at this point. Um, his, uh, I will remind you, weird goat eyes now look and sort of notice at your, at your hip. How, how much have you been concealing your gun or not? I haven't been, but when his eyes goes to my hip, I open my duster a little more so we can see it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I am back in heat, friend. Oh yeah. He sees that and, uh, just sort of has one of, has basically what I would call a goaty hiccup which I am not going to attempt to do right now. And uh, just imagine it in your brains, guys. Yeah. Um, a goat hiccuping, uh, sort of in surprise. And uh, he looks you up and down uh, a couple times and uh, then just sort of looks at the warden and looks back at you and then looks at Sly and then just kind of looks back at you and is like, huh, now how in the world did you end up with that? You know, I've often asked myself the same question, and I've realized the answer doesn't matter because I have it. Um, I would like you to roll and intimidate, uh, because you are absolutely attempting to socially sort of do a thing here. You, you're absolutely throwing your, uh, your weight around on this one, so. Oh, uh, yeah, a little bit. Uh, give, yeah. All right, three pluses puts me at a four. I have five fate points, and I hate this son of a bitch, so I'm going to tag one to make it uh, six for Odin, Blessed Stalker of Shadows, because I'm invoking that aspect. Okay, well, uh, Goatman here rolled a plus one for a total of three. So are you, um, actually, before I tell you what my result is, 
Are you trying to do a social attack or a maneuver? Uh, huh. That's a good question. I'm not sure. Um, I think I'm gonna put a maneuver on him right now, mostly because I want him to stop being so goddamn unbearably smug and sort of realize that he has walked into a room with a warden, an emissary of Odin, and a man who has kicked several fae to death. And he should stop acting like a big shot. Because he left that big shot right at the door when he came in. Okay. So if you're going to try to do a a social maneuver, it's only going to realistically last for this scene. Um, You only are going to get something sticky, like a consequence if you go for an attack. But if you I'll go for an attack then. No, if you want, I mean, if you want to go short term, you can. And that's fine. But you know what? Yeah, I'm going to do an attack here. Okay, great. And in fact, I might actually, in that case, tag... Well, I would like to ask you, before you do that, if you would like to name the mild social consequence that you are putting on the goat man. Oh, the mild social consequence I'm putting on him already. Cool. (laughs) All right. Um, The mild social consequence I'm going to put on him is, oh, shit, I've stepped in it, haven't I? Um... Okay, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Um, oh, I get it. It's shit. I got it. All right. Um, let's see. He is going to, he's going to look at you and, um, he's going to- You want to know the funny part? Even with everything I'm throwing, I've killed less faith than he has. And I'm going to tilt my head at Sylvester. So basically, you're just going to attempt to immediately do another social attack. Okay, fun. Um, <laughs> so that's cool, I guess. Roll it. That's an, that's absolutely an intimidate. Uh, Sylvester, are you, uh, you going to do anything at this point? Because he's absolutely talking about you. Oh, uh, hmm. <laughs> um. You're going to like... Just, like, stand up to your full height or, like, you know, lock eyes with his weird goat eyes or, like, just because he's basically like, yeah, this guy will kick your ass. He's scarier than me. Yeah, I'll just stand up, stretch my stretch my legs a little (laughs) (laughs) to his full height. Yeah. And yes, which is, as we should remind everybody, tall, but he's got two taller sisters anyway. Fuck you. I still find it funny. Yeah. Uh, so for my intimidate, could I free tag his height? <laughs> um, I'm going to say, uh, you, if you want to have something that Albion can freely tag, I'm going to have you make a roll on this one, uh, Darius. Okay. Do you have any points in intimidation? I do not. Do you have any points in presence? I have one. Okay. Let's go presence because that is, I think, like, yeah, force of personality and just sort of you being like big dick in a locker room. Uh, I think that (laughs) that constitutes uh, a presence. And I'm going to set your 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 challenge here at um, just a three. Uh, It's a three that you need to beat to uh, give Albion something that he can work with on that. Okay, I got two but I'll use one of my surplus fate points. Yeah, you have so many. To tag. Nobody likes wizards because magic is for dum-dums. <laughs> Except for Des. 
and war- the warden. They're not dum-dums. <laughs> I like how the warden's included now. He's become one of us. Yep. One of us. One, one of, of us. us. All right. He lost his dum-dum patch. <laughs> <laughs> he uh he he finally decided to turn in his dum-dum badge for uh I'm a team player badge. Hooray. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, you know what? I will accept nobody likes wizards because you you will kick this guy's ass at the slightest provocation. I am a hundred percent sure of that. My only regret is that we'll probably fuck up Beaumont's place in the process. <laughs> so, um I mean yeah, that'll probably happen. But uh, if that if it comes to blows, so Albion, yep. you absolutely have this fun little scene tag of uh, scary man with iron boots. All right. So can I tag that and the mild consequence? I mean, you did put the mild consequence on him. So, yes. OK, in that case, I rolled a base three. Do I get plus two for each of those? Yes. So that's seven. Jesus Christ. Well, he got another three, so um, four means he would have to roll that to a moderate consequence to stay in this scene. Uh, So, you know what? I'm going to say that he is going to stay in the scene. He's got... Oh, this guy's dedicated. (laughs) He has a nature, and uh, hey, what are goats but stubborn? So... Um, he, yeah, so he is going to act in accordance to his nature. Um, he's, he's going to stay in the scene. Uh, I'm going to go with, um, medium social consequence of not willing to start shit with another signatory of the accords. Oh, right. Yes. Good. So, yeah, I'm going to gesture and let him respond now. So... He he's going to look at you and you can tell that like his posture is it has shifted. And you also um, if you are going to look over that way, you you would definitely notice that Beaumont is um, Beaumont is ready for action at this point. Like he's got his hand kind of on his hip, uh, you know, ready to go if something should happen. Um, but it looks like he's he's not like pulling his sword out or anything he's he's kind of casually ready to start shit uh if he needs to so you get the sense that he feels like things might be uh might the the tension might be uh or rather um what's the word uh you might be disarming this particular uh situation you diffusing the tension sure so now that i've struggled to find words um uh, the goat man, the satyr, just kind of takes a moment uh, and absorbs the situation around him and the fact that you are beholden to who you're beholden to. And uh, he is going to he's going to just look at you and say, oh, well, this this does change the dynamic quite a bit. And we are going to flash downstairs because something is happening simultaneously. And that is a Marcus. So I just wanted to prove that Albie doesn't have to solve all his problems with violence, but still has to involve his gun in most solutions. <sighs> wow. Okay. Uh, it's the threat of violence, guys. It's better. <laughs> because of the implication. Because of the implication. Um, so, yes, 
Ro, you know that there is a goat man and uh, you, you're pretty sure he's looking for Marcus and Marcus is there now. Uh, Dez, this is Marcus back again. You, you ain't seen him for a bit. And he is just like, oh, uh-huh. Okay. And he just it realizes he should hush and it's just like do you know do you know this guy up there um did i i saw him right yes i'm gonna describe him if that is helpful i i don't know if marcus is like knows who this is or if it's just a rando guy you are basically describing a satyr and if you don't know what dis- what particular descriptive features to include to like say Goat this legs. is this satyr versus that one, it's it's not going to necessarily narrow down who it is. Okay. Um. Yeah. I. So yeah. No. Um. I I know a lot of really weird people, but I uh, I don't know a goat man. Okay. Yeah. That. I wouldn't imagine you would. And he wants Marcus. It. Sounded like it. I mean, Beaumont did too. Oh, this is Beaumont's basement, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Hmm, I've never been down here before. Okay. And it, it, Marcus is just kind of like taking in his surroundings and getting stock of where he is and where exits are and what objects are in the room, etc. Uh, just definitely trying to get his bearings. Um, and uh. Marcus has a thought, and he says, I have an idea. Do you trust me on this one? We're gonna leave, but uh, we're gonna go back to Dez's. What about everybody here? Don't worry. I have a plan. Uh, but so, we have to start going now. Uh, no, I, I, I don't know if I want to leave everybody here. That's okay. All right, fine. We go to your place and call the Warren's landline. To let him know where we are. Is that... Are you gonna... Is that okay? Or... What if... What if a fight breaks out here? We should be here. <sighs> Forgive me for not trusting you a little bit, Marcus. But I'm still a little burned after what I found out about you, okay? <sighs> yeah. I guess I had to do that one to myself. That doesn't okay. mean I want you killed by a satyr man. But it also doesn't mean that I am happy to leave my friends behind if things are about to go down. Okay. All right. Okay. But <sighs> what if what if you two go when I stay behind? Will that be better for you, Des? Do you want to go with Marcus or or should I? I whatever you want. Um Ro, do you know the Warren's landline number? No. Okay. Des, go with Marcus. I will hang tight here just in case, okay? Okay, but one point, how do we get to my house? Oh, but that's the easy part. And Marcus just sort of makes a particular gesture with his hand, uh, and it looks like he's, he's, you know that thing people do where they, like, put their hand out of a car and let the wind sort of, you know, do it like a, you know, like a, a wing, you know, just kind of wishing up and down? Um, it's similar to that, just sideways that he does that and he seems to split the air itself uh and a way into the never never opens and uh he he's like i've spent a good amount of time in here now so i think i know the way to your place real quick 
Uh, okay, just, um, just one moment. And Des is gonna go to Ro and just, uh, just, uh, please make sure that, um, just be careful, all of you. I? Make sure that everyone's okay. I will look out for them. I got it. You get out of here. It's just a goat. I'll feed him a can. It's fine. <laughs> I'll see you at my place as soon as possible, okay? Get out of here. And she will follow Marcus uh, slowly and cautiously into the Never Never. Okay. Uh, well, while you're doing that, Ro, are you trying to keep eyes on the situation, or what are you doing? Yes, I'm gonna... Can I still benefit from my role last week? No. Ah. <laughs> you have to make a new one. Yes, I'll Are do a new role, and I will see if I can keep an eye on the, the sitch. Okay, so um, how strong of a veil do you want to conjure? Uh, we'll do another three. Okay. Okay. What was your deceit roll? The not as good. Uh, it was a two, so less sneaky. Yep. You may or may not be properly obscured by this veil. Okay, awesome. Now... Make me a stealth roll, and don't add the bonus to your veil. I will do that for you on my end. Okay. Okay, that, that's a five. Okay, and I have rolled for the goat man. Uh, all right, so you are sneaking back up. Uh, you are not feeling quite as confident this time um, about all of this. I mean, it's it's a weird situation. I think I think maybe, like, Dez... And, you know, hey, Marcus is here and like he just went left with Dez. So, you know, you're feeling a, a little more alone and vulnerable. And also um, Dez is in that intense place that kind of tends to shake the people around her. Um, so, I'm yeah, I'm going to say that you're a little distracted, uh, but you are still very committed to your action. And it does not appear that the goat man sees you um, and you you can see that uh, the three of them have not erupted into violence against this goat man, nor has he started, you know, like, throwing, throwing down with them. Um, give me one quick alertness roll. Uh, target three. That's a three, which is good, because I'm looking at four blanks. Okay. You just <laughs> happen to get an angle where you can tell that uh, Albion is showing his piece but it's still on his hip. You get the idea that he's he's posturing quite literally. Um, <laughs> yeah, because he's adopting a posture. So uh, and uh, it looks like uh, it's it's not resulting in the start of violence. So he might be using it to try to actually def diffuse the situation in his way. So um, you're going to need to roll me an investigation check in a moment here to try to get anything more out of that. But you have basically come up and seen about where we left the gang. Okay. In the meantime, we have Marcus in the Never Never with Dez. So once you have both crossed over into the Never Never, uh, he quickly whips his hand down uh, and brushes away this sort of airy tear uh, in the fabric of reality and then says, Well, um, let's run then. Okay, I'll follow you. I don't know where I'm going. Okay, well, it's not that long and uh, you know what? And he 
makes some quick motions and he mutters some things to himself and you feel uh you feel like a warm summer breeze just sort of strongly at your back pushing you towards where you need to go so uh you're gonna make me an athletics roll to sprint and you are going to get a plus two because you have uh the wind literally at your back and you are also following the direction of both the man in front of you and the subtle push of that so go ahead and let's see how many zones you can cross okay so with that plus two, that is a four. Awesome. Okay. So you've been in the Never Never. You've followed Fendra to your own apartment, or your own house, rather. So you have been somewhere near here before uh, in the Never Never, and you actually feel a little bit of familiarity with this place because, you know, of the sort of common access point right over your hydrangeas. So, um, being used by different people, uh, different times. So, okay. Yeah. You're, you're a little bit familiar with where you are, um, and realizing, Hey, we actually aren't that far. So, um, it looks like you could get there basically in another solid sprint. If you just really, really put, uh, just put yourself into it, you could be about where you need to be really quick. So give me another quick roll. Um, are you trying to do anything else, like talk or interact in any way, or are you just wholly focused on uh, getting your your goal, getting your mission accomplished? I think focusing on getting the goal and like kind of pondering as well, like she really feels bad about leaving. Okay. All right. So make that roll again. You still have the same bonus. It is a persistent thing that he is successfully maintaining. Okay. So if I still have that bonus, then that is a three. Okay. Yeah, it looks like you're about where you need to be. And Marcus just uh, does a quick little swivel around to sort of refocus himself, make sure he is where he wants to be. And he zips up uh, his hand through the air. And you can see there's an opening into your backyard. Um, and uh, he carefully sort of steps on the wind itself and floats uh, back into your backyard, avoiding your your precious plant <laughs> that so many others have fallen into um, or stepped on. So, yes, uh, you can see that he has, in fact, opened that spot up and you are able to uh, exit out there. Um, and uh, he, he just goes, uh, Jump, Des. I got this. I got you. All right. Do I need to roll for jumping? Yeah, that is an athletics roll. So right. just give me, give me that. And um, he is he is actively assisting you on this one. So you you got a plus two, and it's like a one that you need to make. Okay. Uh, let's see. With his plus two, it's a two. Okay. So uh, you are able to clear that that space, uh, get over your poor hydrangea. A little easier than uh, if you had to just do it yourself. So, like, that's nice. That's a nice feeling. Um, and, yes, you are in your backyard, and um, you are now able to just get to where you need to go. I assume you're going to just pop into the house and call immediately? Um, yeah, well, they'll go into the house. She's going to sit Marcus in the parlor, but make sure that the shades are drawn. 
it's a little early in the day for that, but she's going to draw the shades. Um, and then she's going to go to the phone um, in the kitchen and try to reach for Warden Beaumont's place. Okay. So, meanwhile, at Warden Beaumont's, um, flashing back like a couple of seconds leading up to the phone ringing, um, you, you see the satyr and he, uh, he, he's just like, well, given who you work for, um, wouldn't you have a vested interest in also seeing the summer squire put to pasture? You know, it's funny. You might think that. However, I believe I've made my stance on the matter very clear. Mm-hmm. What a world we live in. Cats and dogs living together. Mass hysteria. Don't you and, pull uh, Bill Murray at me, you son of a bitch. Yeah, Beaumont just looks at him like, wait, how the fuck do you know Ghostbusters? And uh, he just looks at him like, what? And there's just this pause where everybody just sort of is looking at each other for a moment, just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. Anyway, Sylvester, tell him how things stand for me. Uh, get the fuck out. All right, that's where things stand. So is this because you don't have any information on Marcus Walbrook's whereabouts or because you are unwilling to provide it? Because... Yeah, a little column A, a little column one B. One way or another... Oh, I see. I was gonna say that, depending on your answer, that leaves us with either me leaving and not worrying about you or your whereabouts ever again, or we leave, but you'll see me again, almost certainly. Well, if you don't fuck off, it's gonna be the latter. We don't have any information. He ain't here. Fuck off. Okay, um, I want you to roll me, because you are... You're actually telling the truth on that. Uh, I kind of want you to roll me a presence on this one to sort of stand in your truth of like, you genuinely don't think he's here. And you're just like basically telling him like, yeah, we got nothing for you. Get out. So roll me a quick presence uh, on this one to try to try to really sell that. Okay. I got a three. Okay. Um, you can... You, he's got social consequences on him if you want to use. Yeah, I think you can use the the mild one of like the you know like the idea that he stepped in some shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, cool. Because um, what was your total? Uh, three. Okay, because he got a four. Bitch. So if you take that plus two from the mild yes. social consequence, because you should be able to get one free tag off of that because it is sticky. So yeah. Hooray. All right. Yeah. So uh, he he looks at you and then he looks back at Albion and uh, and just says, that is the one thing that I truly despise about you mortal types. that You can lie and you don't even use it for good lies. Hold on. What does he say I lied about? What are you jealous? I'm confused as to what he thinks Albion lied about. Um, Because... You, he asked if you had any information, uh, if you were refusing to share information because you had none or because you were deliberately withholding. And you said a little column A, a little column B. And then you had a convincing uh, Dr. Cooper Smith saying, I don't know where he is. Get out of here. I've got nothing for you. Get out of here. <laughs> so it, it wasn't a lie. I don't know where he is. And if I did, I wouldn't share it. 
I know, but he's he sees that as a bit of a contradiction. He has a nature as a satyr, my man. Objection. I don't think you understand what, like, how I talk. Uh, maybe that's just because I'm from the South. I don't know. But uh, the fact I meant, I don't know. And if I did, I would not be willing to share. Does that make more sense to you? Hey. It's not a lie. I just don't like you. Hey, goat man. Mm-hmm. You got a name? Not one I'm willing to share. All right. And he turns around and just says, you folks have a fine evening. Yeah, you too, Billy Squire. Are we calling him Billy now? Is that what we're doing? Billy Squire. Wait. No, we cannot have a goat named Billy. I can't go through this again. Yeah, please don't. My heart can't take it. His name is Billy Squire, (laughs) because he ain't giving me a better one. I was going to name him Greg. Uh, he, he looks at you and goes, wait, is that the one that Dunn played a, a, an instrument with a, with a coin to get a thicker sound? I'm going to have to Google that. Hold on. Billy Squire, the basis for yes? Just say yes. Uh, yeah, that's it. All right. I suppose I won't take offense then to your offensive nickname. Fare thee well. And, uh, he just, he steps outside. Wait, no, that's not the same Billy Squire. Billy Squire is just a musician who has- Aw, damn it. Ah, oh, whatever. The Stroke, Loneliest at Night, My Kind of Lover, In the Dark, Rock Me Tonight. Oh, and Christmas is the time of Say I Love You. Oh, no. Yes, that Billy Squire. Oh, no, two characters fucked up a reference. Ah! <laughs> oh, no. Listen, oh, no. I have to fix this so the audience doesn't roast us in the spoiler section. I mean, you could just mute the channel. No, never. And then wait like an hour. So as he's quibbling over whether or not you're referring to him as the bassist from Yes or just uh, an 80s, you know, like pop guitar singer, Beaumont's landline rings and um, he just looks at Billy Squire and says, "Uh, I'm going to take this and this is my house and I am absolutely invoking hospitality on you. (laughs) And uh, this... Sater just sort of folds his arms and he goes over and, and uh, picks up the phone and just says, uh, hello, Joseph. Oh, uh, hi, Des. Are you safe? Are you OK? Yes, actually, we can come over right now. <laughs> no, I'm not busy. I, I, I. Oh, that's great. OK, I, I, I did want you here. How did you know? <laughs> oh, uh. Yeah, I, I can bring Albion and I can bring Sly. Yeah, uh, absolutely. We can all we can all go over to your place together. Just don't uh, don't bring any lamb chops. <clears throat> um, Is that are we doing code now? Is that what we're doing? I'll see you in uh, I'll see you in ten minutes. Okay, bye. Bye. And he just hangs up. <laughs> so as you can see, we got somewhere to be. We got plans for pizza and video games with our friend Diz. Well, I guess I will just see myself out then. Yeah, you do that. All right, but if I find out that you did know something, well, let's just say I got friends, too. Yeah, well, they those friends of yours come at me. They best not fucking miss. Stop talking to him! And you, get the fuck out of here! <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, Alvin, shut the fuck up! <laughs> He's just strolling out the door. Great. Good. Fantastic. Like, holy shit. He doesn't... This is why we don't let him talk much. 
And yet you let me talk all the damn time. Like, I didn't hear you speaking the fuck up. Well, this is the first time I really needed you to shut the fuck up. As you two are uh, Listen, I get it. I I posture sometimes. It's a thing I do. It's a bad habit. I apologize, but fuck's sake, speak up sooner, man. Christ, like, you 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 won. Quit it. Jesus Christ. Ugh. As you two are having this argument, he's Listen, you know produced... I do traumatic speeches. It's Will a bad habit you stop interrupting the mind. fucking DM? GM, whatever. Damn. GM, fine, great. Go. Christ almighty. I, oh you wanted the goat man to leave, and I'm trying to make him leave. I know. Go. Yes, but now it's, yes, but now it's funny. Oh, my God. Fuck. <laughs> okay. You are on a time crunch. <laughs> He's fine. Some of us forget that sometimes. (laughs) The satyr pulls out a Greek small lyre and just sort of plucks a a strange melody on it. And uh, as he does so, he seems to sort of shimmer into the air and disappear from view. And you do not know where he has gone. And now he's not there anymore. Fuck. is Michael, your best friend, your game master, and Goat Boy. That's right. It was me the whole time. I was the goat in the episode. I bet you couldn't even tell. You were wondering who that mysterious goat was that we led into the studio, but it was me. I am good at acting. Thank you so much for listening to the show. As always, it really means a lot. Uh, it is I, We make the show because it's fun to do, and we also make the show because you enjoy listening to it, apparently. This is episode 58, 9, whatever episode number this is, we're here, and we're happy that you are here, too. We actually have a couple of pocket notes for this episode, One that I missed last episode because it was very late and I forgot that won't happen again. I promise. That's why we have two this week. So we have a message once again to Albion, the fictional character from this podcast, from Molly T. And the message reads... Auntie told me you couldn't make it to lunch because work needed you back east again. No worries. Just make sure to bring me a souvenir next time you make it back home. Stay warm, cuz. I hear it's still cold up there. Signed, Molly. I'm sure that this is all... You know what? No, I'm not even going to speculate on what's happening. I'll let you do that. You, the listener. What does it mean? Who are these messages from? I don't know. They just give me words to say and I say them. 
We also have a message here to the cast, crew, and guests of Green Mountain Mysteries. That's us. That's me and us. And it is from listener Paul Loves to Laugh. The message reads, Thank you for a great show. I literally give myself a hug during some of the more joyful or humorous moments, and I'm glad to finally give you money. I have a quick request for the listeners. Please donate a few hours a month to a blood bank or an animal shelter or the nonprofit of your choice. That'd be really cool. And that also merit a thank you. Well, that's a really nice message. Thank you so much, Paul. Uh, that That's awesome. Like, I'm glad that we can uh, provide, you know, something fun, uh, something that you enjoy. And uh, I love the call to action for going out and volunteering and donating your time and energy to worthwhile causes. Very cool. Thank you, as always, to the Pocket Podcast Network for hosting our show, as well as a bunch of other great shows like No Dice and Home Viewing. If you want to go listen to those, you should, because there's lots of cool people and you should support them, too, because they do great work on those shows as well as all the other shows on the network. If you want to uh, support any of those shows, including ours, you can always go to our merch store, which is also the place where you can purchase pocket notes for me to read on air. If those last two sounded good to you, I'll do it again. Nobody can stop me. Not the cops, not even you, because you're paying me to read the words that you wrote. You get the point. Uh, we also have T-shirts and stickers, decals. We have posters, all sorts of cool stuff over at pocketpodcastnetwork.com slash shop. We advertise almost exclusively through word of mouth. So if you want to tell your friends that you, like Paul, enjoy the show, and it makes you hug yourself with glee, then go right ahead and uh, just tell it to their faces, or shout it into the anonymous void of the internet, because you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at GMMCast. If you tweet about the show, use the hashtag GMMCast so that we can see that and feel the love and also maybe name an NPC after you. We have done that quite a few times in the past now. And if you want to have a little more direct access to us, the goobers who make this show, you can always join our Discord server, where other people who like the show hang out and make jokes, and we have a whole channel that specifically is for Heathcliff Comics, because don't ask... It's great. You can find the links to all of that in the episode description. And now, back to the episode. Hi, I'm John. I'm Gabe. I'm Chris. We're three friends who went to college together. Hey, Gabe, did you know that Akira Kurosawa has a writing credit on Star Wars? I didn't know that. Good, because I made it up. I have one. The creator of the Frisbee made his ashes into a commemorative run of Frisbees. I don't believe you. That's 100% real, my dude. Them's the facts, a show about fun facts and lying to your friends. Every other Wednesday. On the Pocket Podcast Network. Why don't we have you two hash some shit out? Because, you know, 
you were friends and then uh, you had some serious conversations and learned some serious things. So, yeah. Is this is this a moment where Des would absolutely be kind of trying to talk some stuff out? Probably. Yeah. Okay. Good. With with a cup of tea, of course. I love that. So, yes. Des is coming in with a cup of tea for Marcus. Yes. And, and one for herself. Oh, yes, of course. Okay, great. So, yeah. Um, yep. Cup of tea. Uh, is presented to Marcus, and uh, he he graciously accepts it and gives it a little blow to try to get some of the you know, steam off of there and takes a quick little sip. Ah, <sighs> yep. Same Des that I remember. I think she's going to wait for him to take another sip before saying, I don't know if you're aware or not, but you're supposed to be dead by 5.30 this morning. Well, that seemed like a genuine <clears throat> reaction. Hot tea up my nose. <laughs> <clears throat> Stings, doesn't it? Okay, so it's not the same old Des. I don't remember Schadenfreude being how you do things. You have been hanging out with Sly way too much. Well, it's not like I've been hanging out with you. <sighs> she can punch now. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, shit. Get him. Yeah, okay, so... Oh, hands. I don't like being made to feel foolish. Okay. We were friends, and I trusted you. And it turns out I was wrong. That I didn't... Did I even really ever know the real Marcus? And how much of him is still left inside of you? Whoa. Um, everyone in the audience, I'm going to need <laughs> you to, uh, make a roll against psychic damage. That's a four. So, <laughs> uh, not you. So, he, he takes the tea and just sort of gingerly puts the, the cup back on the, on the little saucer. And just sets it down on, uh, like, a, a side table that's, I assume, near to where he's sitting. And, uh... He's not going to look you directly in the eye. Of course not. No one ever does. Well, he's a wizard. I know. And uh, so he's, yeah, he's, he's sitting there and just like... <sighs> wow. Okay. Um, so... <sighs> yeah. Do you know the real Marcus or not? Yeah. I mean, that's a tough question. Well, we've... Gone through a lot of trouble to find you, Marcus, to save you. I, for one, would like to know what's worth saving. He, he just suspected like, warlock, his, Marcus Walbrook. His eyebrows just raise, and he's, and he just sort of again does not quite lock eyes with you, but does as close as he can. He's just like, just sort of staring, like. Okay, so this is a much colder reception than I was expecting. I almost lost someone very important that night because of you. Because of how foolish I was stick up for you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? You're right. Yeah, you know, um... I, um... Uh, I have fucked up. A lot. And, um... I've definitely 
definitely hurt people by fucking up. Really. By trying to be somebody who I guess I wasn't, you know? I was trying to be somebody who was good enough to meet an impossible standard. I wasn't that person. When I failed at that, I tried to be somebody who was good enough for, I guess, a reasonable standard. I guess I couldn't be that person either. Evidently, my... How much Fay is inside of you now, Marcus? No. I'm still fully human. What you're seeing here, you're seeing me. You're seeing me with what I had taken from me, given back. I only have a little extra juice coming from Titania. Only a little. I try not to tap into that. Body Snatcher? Absolutely. That was going to extra hurt that bastard. A little summer wind at your back to get you here faster? Yeah, just a little. But this? This is what I asked to have taken away from me, and now I have it back. Do you have any regrets? Uh, all of them. I regret ever thinking I could live up to the sort of person my family expected me to be. I regret ever thinking I knew better than the people who were trying to explain to me the way the world works. I regret throwing away the centuries, maybe millennia, of experience because I thought that I understood the way the modern world worked better than these old fucks sitting on their council, handing down judgment like they know anything. Des starts to tear up a little bit and takes another sip of tea. I regret... I don't regret meeting you. Except I do. Because it meant I had to turn around and leave you again. Almost soon. And I regret the circumstances that brought me to that. I regret that I didn't just... I didn't just let justice come on my no, head. That, that's, that's enough. That's enough. I actually... I... No. You know what? I regret trying to be a better person. You know what it does? It ends up leaving you vulnerable to be hurt again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear that. I'm sorry, too. And you know, I... I understand how one mistake can change your life. He he just kind of shakes his head back and forth a little bit. I wasn't totally honest with you the last time we saw each other and you asked if I was okay. He looks up a little bit. And just sort of, uh, you know, his eyebrows furrow a bit in both curiosity and concern. You've actually never known me as okay, really. What do you mean? I assume as a summer squire, it's possible that you have access to knowledge. I don't know what kind of knowledge you mean. I know something of the fake courts and how they work. Nothing outside the never-never? He's going to make a quick roll. Outside the never-never. There's only our reality and the never-never, which has, like, all the different other dimensions in it, different afterlives, that sort of thing. Only... No. That doesn't make sense. No, that can't be right. Des. She just kind of shrugs. No, you... You can't mean that. If we're on the same page, maybe if you survive to six o'clock tomorrow morning, maybe... Maybe you can help me. 
Oh my god. Oh. I'm never truly alone, Marcus. Oh my god, Des. If I understand what you're implying... First of all... Okay. What is this about me being dead? I want to circle around back to that, I guess. Um, what? Well, we've been informed by a acquaintance that we know who happens to have powers. Kind of like how I do, but a different sort. And I... She brought it to attention that you are going to die at 5.30 tomorrow morning. Wait, 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 wait. So, this whole, uh, goat person that's l- looking for you, I guess it sounds like? That that can't be a coincidence, right? Huh. Okay. I mean, everybody's coming. Huh. And we could wait, all- Wait, hold on. Okay. You said there was somebody who had some kind of powers and said I was going to- Okay, is this is this that kid in the paranet, the one who works at the restaurant with the weird name? Uh, her name's Chris. Okay, uh, okay, all right. It's a sort of power that she uses for D and D. Never heard anyone using the Cassandra curse for D and D. That would be weird. Wait, she told you, and you believe them? Yes. Okay, that is weird. I don't know what to make of that. However... Yes, it's um come to our attention that her, her premonitions are more yeses than noes when it comes to happening. Well, that's the thing. The whole thing with that curse, you are burdened with terrible things going to happen, but being able to stop them. Largely because people around you won't believe you. But you do. You do believe her. I do believe her, yes. I don't know how that changes things. I don't know how that dynamic works. I have a question, GM. Yes. Should we show up at this point? Uh, give it, like, another minute. Okay. Okay, um... I mean, if I were you, I would choose to believe it. They... She even came all the way to my place just to warn us. She was pretty shaken. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And wouldn't it be better to know, to prepare, to, you know, try to save yourself? Um, To have us on your side? To help continue, to help you live? I'm trying to figure, parse this out. There are a lot of pieces not fitting into place necessarily. Can't be about you. It. They wouldn't be coming after you. They. The Winter Court. They wouldn't be trying to kill me. But that goat man was Witcher Court, right? And he's looking for you? Well, uh, the satyr says he's looking for me. He's looking for me. Do you know him? Probably not. You've not interacted with the winter, the, the, the goat man before? So, here's the thing. I'm not supposed to exist. As a squire of the Summer Court... I don't know how much you know about how that works, but that's not a real thing. Until Titania decided it was. Okay. The structure is mother, queen, lady, and they have a knight. And is... And it was decided the knight could have a squire. 
And is you existing a problem? Well, there's supposed to be a balance between the two courts. Both supposed to have one of each of those things, and they're supposed to always have them, because they're supposed to keep each other in balance. Mab is not supposed to know I have anything to do with Titania or even the knight. I think this would be a good time for Albion to show up and elaborate. I think this would be a good time for uh, everyone else to get there. Now you have everyone, including Beaumont, uh, at Dez's place arriving. Um, Dez and, is going to have a very relieved look on her face. And uh, yeah, he, he's he's like, he's going to say, let's get everyone inside and we'll discuss this. Albion is going to just wordlessly walk to the fridge, grab a bottle of AL8, toss it over to Marcus, grab his own. Crack it open, drink. You know, Sylvester, this is why I wish he was around more. He used to do a lot of talking, too, so it wasn't just me. You guys missed, like, a whole thing. They're in a tiff. It's not a tiff. We, we, we genuinely agree that I shouldn't do as much talking as I do. Sorry, lover's quarrel. Is that better? <laughs> uh, that is not better. That is actually worse. Hi, Marcus. Um, First, I agree. Second... Mazel tov to you too. Congratulations. <laughs> and um Albion raises this bottle as a salute to that, just not even gonna argue it. Third, thank you. I'm gonna drink this in a bit. First I have some tea to finish. Um He's going to pick up the, the tea and uh Des, you know that the saucer is, is messy because he did snort a bit of tea out his nose. Oh yeah, that's fine. And he's just gonna drink that a little bit. So so I think we should, uh, we should discuss, uh, why the Winter Court is sending their squire to, uh, try and kill you. Oh, fuck me. So you did not know they had one of those. Oh, fuck. Mab knows. Uh, I just typically assume Mab knows most fucking things. Who that? Uh, Mab is the queen of the Winter Court and the Unseely Fae, and, uh, we should stop saying her name lately, because, uh, that is not someone you fuck with. No, you do not. Does she appear in a mirror if you say her name three times? No, no. Okay, no. cool. I still would like her to not show up at my home, please. Oh, God, if she shows up at your house, that is probably the worst case scenario. You do not want to interact with the queen of air and darkness. That actually sounds kind of um, cool. If I might ask. Damn, that's edgy as fuck. Yeah, it's a good name. It's a very damn good name. Um, do we know who the Winter Knight is right now? I can't imagine they're a good fella, but... I was not given a lot of information. And if I did know, I don't know if I would talk about it. If the Winter Knight... I mean, I imagine the Winter Knight has to know what their squire is up to, right? Given that it's a title... And a job that's not supposed to exist, and that we are dealing with somebody who thinks she's very clever, but is nowhere near as clever as her opposite. Oh, you know what? Okay. Yeah, um, it's entirely possible this is something the Winter Knight knows nothing about. Well, I don't know who the Winter Knight is, but do we want to try and find out and ask them to step in and tell this guy to fuck off? Because I don't know if I'm super comfortable killing a direct agent of the Winter Court. I feel like that might invoke some wrath. Well, I mean, my best guess is Sater's existence will be disavowed as such, and there'd be no proof he ever was that. So what are you going to do? I don't think she would openly acknowledge bending the rules if she didn't have to. Oh, so we can just cap this fucker. 
I mean, if it's going to keep me from dying tomorrow, like, sure. Can we first figure out what the deal is? I mean, yeah, that'd be pretty great. I would love to know what the deal is. So, uh, what's the deal? Alright. So, situation is, I understand it. There's, um, we have a friend who's, you know, dealing with the whole Cassandra thing. The only reason we actually ever listen is because... I, we understand the nature of how it works, so we know to pay attention when they fucking talk. Yeah, you know, the Castellanos girl. Yep. I was not aware that I knew her by that name, but yeah, I know them. Okay, yeah. Um, I only know that kid because of word of mouth through the paranet. Alright, what else? Um, well, you're supposed to die tomorrow morning if we don't fix it. And, uh, that squire seems to be the one gunning for you. Or at least one of the folks gunning for you. Okay, um, do we know anything I don't already know? Do we? You have not shared any of the details and specifics of Chris's vision. Oh, um, I share that. I don't remember what it is. If you could narrate what I share for me. Uh, sword and decapitation is what I remember. Yeah, Beaumont is gonna pipe up like, Well, everyone gave me kind of a funny look uh, when Chris was explaining it, because sure sounded like it was me doing it, at least to them, because uh, um, it's hard to say right to your face, of course, but um, in Chris's vision, a sword swings and cuts your head off. Hmm. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, it sounded like we kind of worked some of that out. If you're going to renege on all of that. No, no, I have no intention of doing any of that. Absolutely not where I'm coming from right now. But it could be another warden, right? I mean, it, it could. Des, there's a knock on your front door. Oh, jeez. Um, uh, excuse me a moment. Uh, okay. Do you go, do you go answer your front door? Yes. Does your front door have a good line of sight to where everybody is sitting? Okay. Look at the house in The Sims. Let's find out. Well, no, no. So do you mean like the actual like front door that goes into the parlor or like the side door that's from where like, you know, a driveway would be that, you know, connects to the kitchen, like the three season porch room? Whichever one somebody would be um, approaching if they had just walked up so i guess the drive yeah okay so yeah she that would not have a direct line of sight into the parlor where everybody else is because it's a three season porch that then connects to the kitchen so you would have to go into the kitchen to get a line of sight okay so she'll go to the side door it also um has a screen door so she can open the door and still have a door that's a screen before she opens that one for a person to get in okay makes perfect sense um awesome so you go over to that door, and um, so are you, are you opening, yeah, you're opening the not screen door to see who's there? Yeah, opening the inside door. Okay. What, yeah, what are you saying, if anything? Uh, hello? You open the door, and you see a person standing there who is wearing a cloak. Like one you've seen someone else in your life wear. And you can tell just from the way it hangs that uh, at their hip, there is definitely a sword. Do I recognize this person? You do not recognize this person, 
this person is kind of sandy haired. Uh, they have a beard and, you know, a pretty full beard, in fact, uh, like full to the and like long to the point of it being a little curly, um, not like, you know, down to the chest, but, you know, definitely full and thick um, and uh, pretty sizable person in front of you, just kind of intimidating in stature. Uh, and uh, they look and just say, hi, um, is this uh, this is uh, Desdemona Brown's residence, correct? Uh, yes, this is. Um, I was not aware I had any readings at this moment. Uh, if you want to just um hang out there for a moment, and I'll go get my appointment book. Oh, that that won't be necessary. Um, I was actually hoping to talk to you directly. Uh, my name is um I am a warden chaplain from the White Council of Wizards, and I know that you're familiar with that name at the very least are you kidding me from the other room um beaumont uh it just is over here like intently listening in and you hear him just go oh fuck I'm sorry. I, I it's a comedy <laughs> podcast. I was trying to make comedy. <laughs> Unacceptable. I wanted to make joke times. It's jokes. Jokes and I puns, was having puns fun having takes. an argument with Darius in which Albion is like, "Why do you let me talk?" <laughs> I'm usually thinking about other shit while you're doing it. I'm like, "Oh, he's wrapping up. All right. We pay attention now." <laughs> <laughs> what am I gonna get for breakfast tomorrow? Oh man, did I did I feed the dog? Is Albion uh, done with that fucking speech? No? Cool. I wonder if Peter Frampton really did come alive. Did that get a Robo DBD arrive yet? Fuck. <laughs> <sighs> what even is a New York minute? It's half a minute. <laughs> Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket.